I'm going to read out the numbers of the grid and you're going to tell me who the driver is. Let's see if I remember. <laughs> okay. All right. In P1, 16. <laughs> Fucking hell. Why, why did you say 16? Because that's the number of the driver. Oh, I thought you were going to just say P1 and then I have to guess the driver. Oh, no. I'm going to give you the driver numbers. That's what, I was so confused because I was like... Yeah. Guess who was P16, Candace? No, when you said 16, I was like, you're telling me the answer, which I already knew. So you you want me to guess the number of the yeah, driver. Yeah, so I'm going to say P1 and then I'm going to say the driver number and you have to guess who the person is. Oh, this is so much easier than I thought oh, it was okay. going to be. Okay. All right. 16. Leclerc. 55. Signs. 1. Slash 33. Mm. Um, 11. Perez. 77. George. No. <laughs> 77 is. Wow. Wow. I mean, come on. I mean, wow. It's not three or four, so I don't care. <laughs> Bottas? Yes. Yeah. 44. Oh, <laughs> let me think about that one. Six in one head, half a dozen in the other, toss it up. Lewis Hamilton? Yes. <clears throat> Ten. Stroll? No. Fake fan. Talk about a fake fucking fan. Ten is Alonso? No. Ocon? No. <laughs> Vettel? No. No, God. Ten is... Oh, God. Absolutely. I knew this the whole time. It was. It is. Remains to be. Do you want a clue? Yeah. A Julie favorite. Gasman! Okay, four. Lando. Yeah, thank you. God, you had me really worried there. 22. It is. Mm -hmm. Alonzo. No, it's not. It, that's not it's not no, because it's not. it is yeah actually um oh god no vettel nope <laughs> oh dear yuki yes see i don't know the ones that i don't care about you should know all of them no um and then we have 18 next most penalty points on the grid. Stroll. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we have 14. Alonso. Yes. Nice. <laughs> All right. 63. George. Yep. Five. It's seriously, it, it, it's very telling Vettel? that you don't know that off the top of your head. Yes. Three. Oh, I wonder. <laughs> mm. Danny. Yes. Um, 47. Is it Mick? Yep. Yeah. 20. Albon. No. K-Mag. Yes. Hmm. Um, 24. Albon. No. Close. K-Mag. No. <laughs> Latifi? No. Way off. How, how is it close to Albon? <laughs> you'll, you'll get the answer to that in a minute. Newest member of Joe. the grid. Yep. Um, 23. Latifi. Albon. That's why I was saying it was close, because 24, 23. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, six. Latifi. Yes. And finally, we have 31, who did not actually compete in qualifying. Ocon. Yes. Wow. <laughs> okay. Why did they choose the worst numbers? So the other week, I was watching Formula 2 at home with my family. Mm. 
And whenever someone else came up on the screen, I'd be like, 10, Gasly, 3, Ricardo, 7, Kimi Raikkonen. And my parents were like, hey, you watch too much Formula 1. I don't want to say um, perhaps it's been raining too much and you've been inside (laughs) too much. I felt like Sebastian Vettel, you know, that video where he just absolutely fired off all of the previous world champions, like chronologically. I felt like that. I felt like I was having my beautiful mind moment mm. and I was seeing numbers. And I was like, 24, Joe, mm-hmm. 6, Latifi, 18, Stroll. Recite the Australian national anthem. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Um, actually, that was quite interesting when they played the American national anthem. And boy, was that man going for it. He Ooh. certainly was. He got, got a set of pipes. He does, indeed. Um, but I feel like everyone, they panned around the stadium and everyone was very patriotic in mm. true American form. I can and recite I just... the American national anthem. I'm not even American. I don't know if it's the same law in Australia, but in the Philippines, you're legally not allowed to stylize the national anthem. Right. It must be the same, like, military beat yeah, right. as it was composed. Huh. Yeah. There was someone at a Manny Pacquiao fight that tried to stylize it and she got in trouble <gasps> wow mm. can you still add like if you stick to the beat yeah could you still add like a run it's really hard to do when the beat is they played um before movies and stuff over there yeah we yeah. we did it every assembly mm. um but like weirdly didn't feel weird at the time okay it was just like normal mm-hmm. play the national anthem before a movie play a national anthem before school assembly mm. etc hey welcome to the get a group formula one podcast because i realized we didn't do that earlier <laughs> um <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the last 40 minutes. (laughs) Um, This is a Formula One-ish podcast, if that wasn't already uh, obvious to you from our tangents about national anthems and patriotism and whatnot. We are your hosts. Uh, Candice can't keep her mind (laughs) on the train tracks of a thought. Uh Hodges. And Jamie... Just likes to go with the flow howl. <laughs> <laughs> really rolls off the tongue. Doesn't it, Just? How are you doing? I'm good. Fantastic. It's cold. It is. This sounds like the, the script that we wrote in like year five drama. <laughs> I do believe that it is cold outside. Do you believe that it is cold outside? It is. That's a visual joke. Yeah, that's, for you listening that's at home. Good for podcasts, I would um, say. It is cold. It is not winter. What else do I have to report? Oh, the curse of Wednesdays. Tell me about your Wednesdays. Well, mm. it's not a curse. On, well, it is a curse on my Wednesdays. It's it's a plague on all our houses, really. Mm. I have tennis lessons on a Wednesday night, as you well know. Famously. Every time Tuesday or Wednesday morning rolls around in the week, it starts raining. It's always raining on Wednesday. Right. Without fail. And do you think that's personal? I think it is. And how does that make you feel? I think that I am being smote. Smoted. Smited. 
smitten. What have you done to warrant such smoting? Uh, just dedicated my life and my heart to sport mm-hmm. lately. Mm-hmm. So it feels like um, this is the world coming back and saying, hey, Jamie, you should really pump the brakes, pun intended, um, mm-hmm. and just back away from the sports, go back to being a, an indoorsy, nerdy person. Mm. Yeah, Couch stock. Yeah. 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 Go back to watching films all the time. Yeah. Don't venture outside. It's not good for you out there. I mean, it isn't. You are, you are at risk of skin cancer at any given moment. And I am asthmatic. So it's a wonder I've made it this far really. And and I'm glad that you have. Thank you. But I am genuinely as impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so that is the curse of Wednesdays Mm. is that tennis is always rained out or at least it seems like it's going to be rained out. So I'm like, it'll be canceled. I won't go. Mm. And then it does go ahead Mm. during the rain. And then I miss it. So I don't know who to talk to about that. I don't know who's in charge of all that business. Weather. Big weather. Me. Ah, well, I have some complaints. It was me all along. (laughs) It was Candace. The puppet master of the weather. Candace in the living room with the candelabra. (laughs) Yeah. How are you? I'm a little tired. Yeah. But I only really felt this is the first time in my bodybuilding prep that I've really felt like I've really felt the prep. Oh, were you not feeling it in Melbourne? Because I was feeling it looking at you in Melbourne. That that was that was. Do you you remember that day when we (laughs) walked onto the track? It might have even been for race day. And Candy, poor Candy, um, was very tired and very hungry because she wasn't really able to eat a lot of things um, other than the stuff that she had prepared. (laughs) And she was traipsing along at the back of the group. And you know when you have those days that are really bad and, like, you're the – out of everyone in your in your group, you're the one who's in the worst possible mood and then all the shit stuff happens to you. Yes. So I just have this distinct memory of the tr- you tried to push a tree out of the way and then it like whipped back in your face <laughs> and like whacked you in the head. Um, it really hurt. Yeah, it looked like you're really hurt and I genuinely thought that you were about to quit then and there and just be like, this is it. I'm going forever. Uh, I'm out of here. You're not wrong. See, this is why I keep you around. Yeah. You keep me honest. Yeah. Yeah. So is it as bad as that? No. Yeah, there you go. But I felt perky yesterday mm. when you put on quite the spectacle ah. to view the Miami Grand Prix. What was your initial reaction when you walked into my home to the tune of Miami by Will Smith? Which I may just say, so there were eight people who were over here last night. Yeah. Every single time someone entered the door and you were the second to last person to arrive. Every single time someone arrived, I would put Miami on from the start again. So poor Beth and Tom, who arrived first, had to listen to that song like a number of times. I think there are worse songs to have to listen to eight times in a row. It is boppy. It is boppy. It's certainly tasty. Yeah. But take the listeners there, you know. You're knocking at my door. Mm. You hear Will Smith just pumping in the background. I open the door. So it was like... and. Forgive the metaphor, Mm. because I think it's the best way for me to paint a word picture for our dear listeners without visual aid. Uh It was like a pina colada had been thrown in my face. (laughs) I'll take that. um, Whilst feeling the sweat of the Floridian heat. Sure. Um, But that's how intensely transported I was. That's great. I was 
there was immediate visual assault <laughs> by your pineapple headband. Yes. Um, I'll post a photo with that and at then some point. The more you paid attention, it was like a Where's Waldo of America. I can't wait until you see what I've put on or what have I have planned oh. for Spain. Oh. Mm. I'm bringing a bull. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know that classic saying, a bull in a candy's apartment. <laughs> I look forward to it, and I'm glad that you enjoyed Miami. And I thank you for bringing Miami to us. It was my pleasure. It yeah. really was. Yeah. I had a great time. You know, it was, it's been, it was a bit of a flat week, yeah. so I really just got into the vibe. You bought beef jerky. I bought beef jerky, I did, yeah. yeah. Um, I tried to stick to the theme, even with the food. Yeah, and then you, the playlist was Miami-themed, obviously. Did so. you try to find Twinkies, Pop-Tarts? No, not good enough. But how was that race? How about those dolphins? <laughs> Get it? Because of Miami dolphins. Yeah. And also that's and a reference. It's a reference to the birdcage, which was set in Miami. Ah, mm. mixing arts and sports. I like it. For fans of Robin Williams, that one's for you. <laughs> what would the, I feel like the intersection between Robin Williams fans and Formula One is just a circle. It better be. Yeah. So Yes. There was a race, there was qualifying, and there was practice. I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch all of the practice sessions. It was a bit of a crazy weekend. No, call um, yourself a fake... Say it with your chest. Yeah, fake fan, am I fake right? Fan. I'm going to yeah. write that one down. Okay, okay. she's writing it. She's writing it in pen. Fake fan. I think she might even get it tattooed on her body. There's. I'd get various things tattooed on my body. This is one of the le- less weird things. Sure, hmm. yeah. Compare that to a big face of Daniel Ricciardo. So uh, that's perfectly normal. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't watch all the practice sessions. I do apologize. Mm. I do know what happened. Obviously, mm-hmm. watched qualifying in the race. Um, timing wise, not the worst for Australia. No. I was actually well. I, well, I mean, we say not the worst. The race was at five thirty on a Monday morning. But not not horrible yeah easily you can easily get up before work and watch that and then head into work and yeah what i really enjoyed Mm. about the miami grand prix was Mm. the amount of content that we got (laughs) out of this grand prix and there is still much more to come as we well know incredibly excited for it yes so had you seen the video of danny rick with trevor noah before i sent it through to you candace no. Okay. But I knew that there was an interview. Sure. Because I had seen a video of Trevor Noah's son talking to Daniel Ricardo About Monaco. And this kid was one when Monaco 2016 happened. Mm-hmm. And he was describing it in painful detail. We should get him on the podcast. <laughs> we should. He knows just as much about Formula One as I do. Yeah. Um, Love that. But I, I deeply appreciated that. I appreciated his interview with Trevor Noah where he talked about how he actually hated apologizing <laughs> to signs after that crash, but did it anyway, which is like good sportsmanship. He says it in good humor as well. Yeah. You, know, you know that you can tell that, of course, drivers wouldn't necessarily enjoy doing something like that because they're also so competitive. Yeah. But you can tell that he was having a laugh about it and that the apology was still genuine. Like it yeah. wasn't like a, ha ha, McLaren forced me to go and apologize to signs. Yeah. Um, it was a, yeah, it kind of sucks, but it's part of the... 
part of the biz. Part of being good sportsmen. Yeah, yeah. and Carlos came out and, you know, thanked Danny Rick for mm. coming into the Ferrari headquarters, so to speak, mm. and um, apologizing to him face-to-face, which is nice. In front of everyone, which I think is very important to note, it's hard to apologize to someone mm. already. Yeah. Like, to do a very genuine apology um, especially I imagine in his circumstance, there's an element of, he's like, it's not really my fault. Cause it's a driving, it was a racing incident, yeah. but still to have the humility to apologize to signs. And then on top of that, to do it in front of all of Ferrari. Yeah. And then talk about it on a talk show as well. Mm. Yeah. Very good humored and well done, Daniel Ricciardo. Well done. May I also congratulate him on how good he looks in a crop top. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and Lando. I my eye went straight to Danny. Sure, I must. Yeah. Lando looked good. Yeah. I will not take that away from him. Yep. Yeah. My eye went straight. I think he could rock crop tops on the reg. They should make it the team uniform. I would greatly appreciate. That. I dare say that may not match up with the FIA's safety regulations, <laughs> considering they're now doing underwear checks. I don't think they're going to be like, yeah, crop tops are fine for this, sure. This is what I mean. This weekend was so good. Meme wise, yeah, like Lewis Hamilton wearing three watches. Yep, three watches, four necklaces, eight rings. Yeah. I believe it was. It was yeah, a ring on each finger. Yeah, and then Sebastian Vettel wearing his underpants on the outside of his <laughs> racing suit <laughs> to protest the FIA's underpants regulation, <laughs> which isn't um, new. They're just apparently cracking down on it. Yeah, I don't know. I find it very amusing. Yeah. Like. I love Formula One more than most people do, mm. and I think that an underwear check is a big excessive. I mean, if I were going into a sport and they were like, hey, just so you know, it's likely that you're going to have to strip down to your underwear and they're going to have to check whether they're flame retarded, <laughs> I'd be like, hey, maybe I'm going to pick another sport. <laughs> I, I don't want to say that. Maybe ex- I'll stick with soccer. What a fucking weird choice. I don't want to say that's exactly what bodybuilding is. <laughs> but <I don't> <laughs> They check whether you're flame proof. No, but they for women, they do check the size of your bikini bottoms. Why? Because if they're too small, you get disqualified. I look forward to coming to see your shows, Candace. I feel like I have a lot to learn. But Seb Vettel, mm. apparently, I don't think he'd be happy with the underwear checks in bodybuilding either, Kens, because he seemed to have a real issue with it. No. And I also enjoyed mm. the crossover content. So we had Formula One crossing over with baseball, and golf, train spotting. Train spotting? Mm. That was absolutely iconic. I've yep. watched his videos now. Yeah. Of what he filmed at the Grand Prix. Yep. Very good. He's very happy about it. Mm-hmm. Did you know that young man was in a campaign for Gucci? Yeah. So wasn't there a big thing about like everyone fell in love with him last year and then someone did some digging and was like, hey, this guy is actually a model? And like mm. a cool dude. And everyone was like, whoa, how can like nerdy people who like train spotting also be hot, cool dudes? Mm. And then people were like, hang on, no, that can be a thing. Mm. He's and representing then, us yeah. hot people with interesting hobbies. Yeah. Thank you, Francis, <laughs> for, for opening up the gateway for the rest <laughs> of us. <laughs> Do appreciate it. Mm. Mm. No, we're up next. Yeah. Um, yes, I also, other things that I enjoyed the mermaids in the pool. Very fun. The fake marina, iconic. And I, particularly that video of the Sky Sports reporter lying, lying in a fake marina. Yep. Fake boats. Fake fake boats. Well, the boats are real, aren't they? Well, I mean, what defines real? Is it, what is it? Nothing is Ocean real. worthy? 
seaworthy? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I weren't they chopped in half? I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, dear listener, could you let us know <laughs> if uh, those boats are uh, able to float? If you are, in fact, the owner of one of said boats, um, registration X, <laughs> X1269 dollar sign. The beige um, Holden Commodore. Your, your headlights are still on in the car park. <laughs> but also, if you do know, let us know, because I am curious now as to whether they are see what they I assumed they were just normal boats. Uh, I mean, they had enough fake stuff there that I feel like they're probably like, hey, let's. Throw in some normal boats sure. for good measure. I really enjoyed the real water adjacent to the fake water. Yeah, and the actual Formula One car on the water. Mm. Yep. Um, other things that I enjoyed, the podium people, I won't specify who they are yet because huh? we'll talk about that later, yeah. wearing the NFL dolphin helmets. helmets. Uh, well, first they were the Pirelli helmets, yeah. Uh, that was good. And also the... Um, golf buggy to the podium with the police escort was maybe the, the cherry on the top for me. I would like to call it from here on in Mm. the 2022 Formula One Crypto.com. What kind of an acid trip did I just take Miami Grand Prix? If I may raise you Mm. Formula One, uh, 2022 Formula One Crypto.com. What kind of acid trip did I just take? Meme Grand Prix. <laughs> nice. Me, Miami. Me, Miami. Miami. Grand Prix. Shall we talk about qualifying? Shall we talk about qualifying? I would like to talk about qualifying. Um, interesting. So obviously we had a Leclerc signs Verstappen, mm. um, which very well may have been a Verstappen Leclerc signs, if not for Verstappen's error. Yes. On his final flying lap at turns five and six, did a bit of an oversteer snap and then he backed off his lap because he knew that he had fucked it, as he said in the radio. Yep. And I don't know if you caught this because he hadn't seen practice, but he actually didn't get much practice in practice three. Mm-hmm. I think he only got like one lap in. Yeah, right. Because um, of all these errors in the car, all the engineering issues, what have you. Reliability issues. That's our little tagline <laughs> we've prepared earlier. I think we cut that and then we use that every time we talk about Red Bull. Yeah. Yep. Yes, he had very little practice. Yeah. So it might have been, perhaps had he had more practice. Yeah. Might not have made the error. Yeah, well, he's usually pretty clinical i would say in his drives very um, clean yeah i mean not, oh not clean well um, yeah it depends he, on who you ask I guess. he executes laps he does he certainly does and it's not often that we see mistakes from him that cost him you know pole having said that that did happen in abu dhabi of last year but what was abu dhabi was there really a race i don't think so i don't remember i do not recall mm. um so i would describe Verstappen's situation in qualifying as snatching defeat from the jaws of victory because he was on for pole. Do you get yeah. it? Instead of snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. Yeah. He was like on for victory. Yeah. And then at the last second, he. Did you just come up with that one? No, it's like a commonly used. No, I mean, thing. like, is it. What, did you have to write it down? Or... I, write, I wrote snatch defeat. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> 
I need prompts, Candice. It's not all like off the top of my head, you know. Mm. I mean, a lot of it is. Don't get me wrong. I'm mm. I'm very funny and witty, but mm. some things you just need a little prompt. She's quick. But it does show you just how small the margins are for error mm. in Formula 1, as if we needed to know that. We already knew that. Mm. Uh, but especially on a track uh, that is new, a circuit upon which they had not raced before. And a street circuit. A street circuit, very hot. Very um, narrow. I know that I can't speak for the conditions in qualifying in the race, but I know during practice the track temperature got up to 54 degrees. And I'm not going to lie to you, Candice, if I was sitting in temperatures that high, I would probably make some mistakes too. And I'd probably drive in the wall, into the wall, just so that I could get out and go take a dip in the fake marina. A day at the pool. (laughs) (laughs) A trip to the spa. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, you can't afford to make those mistakes when you're contending for a championship So Leclerc said, thank you very much. I will take that and snagged pole. And his lovely teammate Sainz was in behind him in P2. And Sainz actually was running faster in sector one during Q3. Um, But then Leclerc made up for it in sectors two and three. Other things that I thought were interesting from qualifying Mm. was uh, Stroll getting into Q3. I feel like that flew under the radar a little bit. Uh, I know you don't care. I know I'm a, I'm aware. No, I. But think, I still think it's interesting. No, he did well to get into Q three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not happy with Danny Rick not making it into Q three. Yeah, and I know frustrating for him and for his fans and for McLaren. It was a gear gear shift issue. Yeah. So not all on him. No. Um, he's just boy has he been unlucky. So that was really unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, and and to see Russell out in yes. Q2 as yeah. well. Yeah. That was mm. that was a weird one, wasn't it? Cuz yeah. he was on he was in really good form during practice. Yes. Like I mean top to practice session. He, he topped practice too. Yep. Yeah. So he was he was on for very good form this weekend and you know he did well. He did in the end. Um but I think the problem was in Q2 he didn't set a time for a for a long while in that session because he had again some oversteer issues and there were some issues with porpoising apparently mm. so by the time he did set a time it got him into the top 10 but then him he and the mercedes team had not left enough time for him to go back in get fresh tires and go back out to put in another lap once the track had evolved and right. everyone was moving a lot faster yeah. so he then got shunted down by everyone putting in faster laps after that yeah. So very unfortunate. Um, and, you know, just a strategy difficulty, I suppose. This is just the luck of the draw sometimes. What can you do? Um, yeah, what can you do? And like we said, he mitigated that very well in the race, mm. which we will talk about in a little bit. Mm. Uh, the only other thing I noted was Zhou Guan Yu being fucked over by traffic. Yes. In Q1. Yeah, which was, was a real rough. shame. Yeah, because... You know, he did so well at the start of the season and he's had a bit of a bad run uh, Mm. in more recent races. And Mm. that was really unfortunate because, you know, by the time he finally put in his flying lap in Q1, there were just people in the way and he had to abort it. So that sucked. And if you're listening, Joe, I am sorry. We wish you all the best. We wish you well. So the race. So the race. I think first and foremost, we need to talk about that grid walk. 
I wish yes. that I had the amount of confidence and self-esteem that Martin Brundle has to talk to people live on air without giving them any warning and they have the right to say no yeah. at any time. Yeah. I I mean, he's come out and said he actually doesn't like doing the group walks. Has he? Yeah. Let me read you his tweet. Oh. Let me read you his tweet. That's heartbreaking. So. There's a reason why I've never watched back an F1 grid walk in a quarter of a century of doing them. You have no idea how much I dislike doing them, but somehow those crazy moments have defined my professional career. Oh, well, that's the way it is. Oh. May I just say they have not defined your career, Martin, Martin Brundle. No. Um, you are known for many other things. They've contributed to his career. In the best way possible. Exactly. Yeah. And yes, he was trending on Twitter after that grid walk. That doesn't just happen to anyone. It does not. Um, so for people who haven't seen it, may I suggest that you go back and watch it? It was before the race, obviously, when the cars were lined up on the grid. Mm. He approached DJ Khaled. <laughs> what did he say? There's a man here by the name of DJ Khaled. Yep. And then approached him boldly. And then DJ Khaled did a monologue for 30 seconds. I think. And then Martin Brundle said, I have no words to add. Thank you. And then DJ Khaled said, I have one more thing to add. And then said another one and walked up. I think DJ Khaled was a paid actor by Florida. Yeah. Because he went on about it. I don't understand how one is able to spruik Florida so heavily. Go, yeah. Yo, we're in Miami. It's a beautiful day, beautiful weather, and beautiful people. Like, it was coming out of his soul. Actually. It's like he'd rehearsed it. Yeah, do you reckon there's, like, someone's written up a script yet for it? Because I feel like that would be, like, a monologue that I would audition with. Yeah. For something. I don't know what I'd audition for, but... He also approached Serena and Venus Williams, who mm-hmm. had previously rejected him. <laughs> yes, and he did say that. Yeah. On air. He was like, I'm I might get rejected, but I'm doing this for you. And then he looked deep into the camera. Yeah. And then dived in. Straight on in. Yeah. And Venus didn't want to chat, really. No, no she wasn't really having it. But that's, you know, that's her, she didn't, they probably didn't warn her that it's like live on air. And she was polite. Yeah. Um, She wasn't rude. Yeah. And then my other, my other two favorite moments were when he mistook NBA hopeful Paolo Banchero for Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes? Mahomes? Mahomes, the NFL guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was interesting. And then, got told, and then got told whilst he was speaking with him that that was not in fact Patrick. Uh, and to be fair, he was very polite. He was like, oh, sorry, who are you? <laughs> um, and the height difference was remarkable. I really enjoyed that. He looked like, you know, in Lord of the Rings, how they use like special um camera angles to mm. show to make it look like Gandalf is a lot taller than the hobbits yeah it felt like that yeah um really enjoyable he really and, did embody like Martin Freeman energy yeah very um, British yes exactly yeah. and then my other favorite part was when he approached that influencer 
who was speaking to Maluma, was it? Yeah, he was hanging out with Maluma and Bad Bunny. And... Yeah, and he was trying to interview him and he was also not having a bar of it and was just <laughs> talking to these other guys and Martin Brundle was just standing there with a the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? Oh, let's just say social media. Yeah, that was so, so weird. So vague. Oh, God. My favorite is when David Beckham rejected him at first. Aww. But then he came back he and did. really participated in the interview. Just he, It was unfortunate. It was just bad timing. Yeah. Truly iconic. And there were a throng of people around him. He was a busy man. Mm. Yep. Very sought after. Mm. So, yes, that deserves an honorable mention, I would say, in the race broadcast because mm-hmm. that was one of my favorites. And the Gridwalk for Australia was also excellent. I really enjoyed that. But I think this one takes the cake. It, it does. It's Just because it had so many celebrities. Everywhere you looked, Pharrell yep. was there, mm-hmm. Venus and Serena, David Beckham. Michelle Obama, although she wasn't on the grid, but no. like she was still there. She yeah. was there. Yeah. Um, Christian Horner. Sean Mendes was there. Yeah. He didn't get an interview. Mm. I think that would have been so interesting. I don't think Martin Brundle knew who he was. No, exactly. If yeah. he'd gone up to Sean Mendes and been you? like, young man. Who are you and why do you deserve to be here? Yeah. Mm. And he's like, oh, I sting. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that video of Lando where he's like, I'm an amateur golfer. And also I drive this car on the weekends. Again, just a great weekend for content. So good. Mm. Excellent. So I think that pretty much covers the grid walk, unless you had anything to add. I do not. Yeah, just perfection, absolute perfection. Mm -hmm. Now, when the cars all lined up for the race, obviously there were a few who were missing from the grid. Indeed, there were. Namely Ocon, uh, who we spoke about before. He had that crash in FP3, so they had to fix his car and he had to start from the pit lane. But also both of the Aston Martins, because they had a fuel temperature issue, I think they were below the minimum fuel temperature that is legal, legal assessed by the FIA. Yeah. They would have been fined if they had gone out without fixing that. Yeah. So they had to stay in the pit and get that fixed before the race, which they did. So that's great. Everyone around them bumped up a couple of places. So by the start of the race, it looked very impressive. Like, Oh, Ricardo's moved up from 14th to 11th and it actually just defaulted gain two places. Yeah. He made like one overtake. Yeah. Mm. Excellent start from Leclerc. Great start from Leclerc. Not as great from signs. I'm sorry to say, uh, but that was, it was tricky for him. You know, he did his best. He's being squeezed by literally the current world champion. He was. Yep. Um, he just, his, his start off the grid just wasn't quite as good as Leclerc's. No. Uh, and yes, he, when he reached that corner with Verstappen, he had to back out because Lord knows Verstappen wouldn't have done so. He will not yield. He will not yield. yield. So yes, it was a shame because I was hoping that at the very least Carlos would be able to hold up Verstappen for a couple of laps and let mm-hmm. Leclerc stretch his legs and get a bit of a lead. Yeah. But, um, you know, it happens to the best of us, Valtteri Bottas, who aren't able to keep Verstappen at bay to keep him away from their number one drivers, Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> Sorry, Valtteri, I do love you. Uh, but yes. yes, reminiscent, I suppose, of uh, Bottas days at Mercedes. So luckily for Ferrari, Perez wasn't having too strong of a race either and he wasn't able to support or be the support driver for Verstappen as he usually is. He's usually the Mexican defense minister, Um, (laughs) but he wasn't able, he wasn't able to do so this race. Yes. So he was struggling a bit with the failed sensor issue Mm. uh, that came up 
I don't know when that was, about lap 20 or something. I feel like we're about a quarter of the way through the race, somewhere around there. And we were told that by Red Bull, by Christian Horner on the pit wall, that he was losing about 20 kilowatts as a result of that, um, which Martin Brundle very helpfully calculated on air to the equivalent of 26.82 horsepower, which is quite a lot. Um, so that's why, you know, he, he looked like he was gaining on signs and then he slipped back a fair bit. But then we had the safety car courtesy of a one Alonso crashing into Gasly earlier in the race, which then meant that Gasly's car had troubles and he crashed into Lando Mm. um, and really just sent him flying down the track. That was quite a, it was quite a nice pirouette i would say of lando's mclaren it was comical seeing his wheel like yeah <laughs> and then ricardo like a... just like driving very slowly through it yeah, yeah like a tumbleweed yeah. i'm glad he was okay but to be honest the crash didn't look i mean it just looked comical as he said yeah. uh but hopefully the car is salvageable enough that they don't have to take any penalties mm. but yeah so gasly had gone wide and re-entered the circuit but obviously was was struggling a little bit with his steering in his car and so just collected Lando and um that then brought out a virtual safety car and down the line an actual safety car yay burned um <laughs> big burned fan over we love here. your work we love your work burned um which meant that the pack was all squeezed up obviously and some people were able to get in very cheap pit stops such as Sergio Perez and also George Russell, who we'll come to in a little bit. Yes, I wanted to... Yeah, and we were all worried. Well, I say we all. I was very worried watching. I was very stressed sitting there at 6.30 in the morning, you know, mm. um, thinking Perez is on fresh mediums, the Ferraris are on old hards. Surely he's going to catch up to at least signs and take his spot on the podium. But... To Sainz's credit, he kept him at bay. Yeah. And that was a really enjoyable little tango, I would say, between the two of them in those final 10 laps. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had, how far away was that from the end of the race? Maybe five laps or so. Yeah. Where Sainz really just sent it down the end of the straight. And Sainz basically had to back out because they were so close to colliding it was absolutely insane Mm. and then Perez had a lock up and Sainz managed to sail past him and he just kept him at bay after that I just thought that was a brilliant bit of racing possibly my favorite part of the race I thought it was really well done it was very good racing and that's what I was going to get to as well like it was very good at the start and very good at the end but overall the Grand Prix was a bit processional Mm -hmm. I thought like the middle got a bit snoozy I think everyone woke up a bit when well not a bit everyone woke up when that safety car happened that was the trigger that we needed for the end of the race it almost felt a bit like a sprint race at the end yeah because it was like you've got like 10 laps you just gotta get as far as you can up the field or whatever everyone was bunched up yeah Yeah, exactly and then we had as we mentioned Perez benefited but also George yes earlier I think he might have the power of foresight or something he might have like ESPN you know yeah (laughs) he's got a fifth sense he does yeah Yeah. when he was Um, on the radio and he said let's just not pit I want to wait for a safety car yeah he was like there might be a VSC or a safety car and then like five laps later there was a VSC and a safety car and I was like George how did you do this, my dude? You've got to tell me your secrets. If there hadn't been, it would have been quite bad though. So really good strategy from his end. And 
also goes to show how good of a driver he is that he's thinking about strategy while driving at 300 kilometers per hour. I mean, a lot of them do. Sebastian Vettel used to do all of the strategy stuff in the car. That's what I mean. A lot of them do, but a lot of them don't at the same time. Like there's some drivers. (laughs) That's what I mean. It really separates your legends from your pedestrian top 20 fastest drivers in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The ones that come and go, I suppose. Yeah. Who don't stay in the sport very long. Yeah. Yeah. Transient, so to speak. Transient for like five years. Yeah. Like Ocon. (laughs) Um, But yes, that was very, that was a good gamble on George's part and Mercedes part. And Mm -hmm. he benefited greatly from that because he was able to take a very cheap pit stop and didn't really lose much in the way of track position um, and gained a bit of an advantage over Lewis Hamilton, which is unfortunate in a sense. Yeah. um, Because we like it when Lewis does well. But, but overall good for Mercedes. and They both ha- did well. How many yeah. spots did he gain in this race? So he went from P... He was he started P12 and he ended P5. Yeah, that's really good racing. And continued his streak of being the only driver to consistently finish in the top five, which is nuts. When I saw the start of this race, I was like, there's no chance he's keeping that up. Like, yeah. he might get up to P7, P6. Mm. Sure, he's not going to get to P5. And then, bam. Yeah. George... Speaking, it. speaking of statistics, mm. Verstappen has won every race he's finished. Yes. I hate that. But also I mean, good good on him. Yeah, you've got to hand it to him. Well he done. I hate is it. <laughs> also now in the top ten, ten drivers who of in terms of podiums. Yeah. In the history of the sport. He does have a ways to go. He does. I mean, he's behind Bottas. Hamilton's at like what, 180? Yeah. And he's at six. 63, I believe. And then the, the next closest is Bottas on 67, who, sorry, Bottas, but I imagine he'll surpass fairly soon. Yeah. Um, and, but you know, he's still young. He's still got a long way to go. A long career. career. Isn't his career with Red Bull into like 2028 or something? Probably. But how insane is that, that Lewis Hamilton is number one on that list, Verstappen is 10 on that list, and the difference is 180 to 60. Mm. That's, how good is Hamilton mm. that... He's in a league of his own. I could go on forever, Mm -hmm. but I won't. Well done, Verstappen. Yeah, I mean, fair play to him. He deserved to win that race. He didn't do anything dirty to win. Yeah, he did. And, I mean, it it was the battle that we're seeing this season of the straight line speed of the Red Bull... Versus the speed speed. of the Ferrari in the corners and especially the low speed corners. We know that the Ferrari had an advantage in sector one, but then Red Bull was coming back in sectors two and three. And, you know, the Red Bull won out in that situation because Miami had, it had a very long straight. um, And I think that the cars benefited from that, which is why all of our predictions for the race were exactly spot on because we just managed to really read the circuit. We're just so Um, And not at all because we forgot. For sure. for sure. We don't forget anything ever, really. Mm. Again, what I enjoy about new tracks is the teams figuring out what the best way to navigate it is. Mm. And, and how to set up the car. Exactly. Mm. And that's what I enjoyed about them changing Albert Park as well, as it sort of felt like a new track. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see future Miami Grand Prix and if the teams are able to read it more or if it just turns into a Monaco where it is just processional. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call it processional. There were a lot of overtakes, but you're right. They happened at the start and the end of the race mainly. And I guess, you know, there was some stuff happening in the midfield, but then we also had like a long DRS train that disadvantaged McLaren for one greatly uh, because 
When they pitted both of their drivers, they landed them right at the back of that DRS train, which seemed like a really strange choice to me. Right but, at the end. Um, and then Lando obviously didn't finish the race, so that was very unfortunate. But look, I think we saw some good racing, particularly between Ferrari and Red Bull. That They were the standouts of this race and of this season so far. I mean, mm. they're especially Leclerc and Verstappen. They are just the gift that keeps on giving. It's between them at this point, but I wouldn't entirely write off the other teams or the other drivers as of yet and here comes sebastian vettel (laughs) you never know you never know but it's actually the um the image of stroll like when they cut to stroll in the middle of something very important um yeah i i like this part of the season where it's early and it's anyone's game still um i think perhaps because i still have hope yeah I am I am enjoying Ferrari dominance, so it's been a while since we've... I mean, seen. I wouldn't necessarily call it dominance. I would say that they are in contention. Um, Which it's been a while since... It has been a while, and it's really lovely to see them back on top. And I think they're one of those teams that even if you're not a Ferrari fan, like even if you're a McLaren fan or something like that, everyone can appreciate Ferrari doing well. Like, I don't think anyone's mm. begrudging them this success. No, there's because no... Because both of their drivers are lovely and they're a legacy team. There's no Formula One without Ferrari. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, one other thing to note, just since we did mention Seb very quickly. Yeah. Schumacher Vettel crash. That was heartbreaking to watch. Listening to oh Mick's voice on the radio, it sounded like... He was on the verge of tears. Yeah, it really sounded personal. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't the sort of frustration that we usually hear from drivers where it's like, that was obviously my corner. He was like, oh my God, I'm like so upset that it was my corner. Yeah. I don't, yeah. And he, he sounded like lost for words. He was like, but, but, but it was my corner. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I just want to give you a hug. Like, I'm, oh. I'm sure that they'll get over it. Yeah. They're going to be fine. Because even Vettel on, on the radio, he was frustrated, but he was like, oh, that's it, I guess. Yeah. It, yeah. it wasn't, we didn't see like a Bottas and Russell yeah. tussle. Yeah. Smack on the head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would say it wasn't, it was not the best driving we've seen from Mick. There no, was, and I'm sure. Was, it was not. And I, he knows that. I mean, I'm sure. But, exactly. Yeah. I think. Vettel doesn't strike me as the type of guy to hold it against Mick in his second season ever. Yeah. When Vettel's been there for like, what, a decade? I would say because of their mentor relationship, yes. Maybe with other people he'd be less forgiving. Oh, yeah, that's what um, I mean. Yeah, but I, I hope they're okay. Uh, and it was it was a real shame. I mean, he really shunted the car. Like that that Aston got a fair bit of airtime. Yeah. Um. Yeah, as it was flying through the air. It's different though, isn't it? It's it's different when you see Lando and Carlos hit each other or race each other, mm-hmm. like they're best of friends. Um, but the it's less painful yeah. to see Mick and Vettel crash. It feels like father and son. Well, this is the thing is, you know, all the history behind it. Yeah. And Seb's history with Michael. Yeah. And then, you know, you have all of this compounding in your head as you're watching this on the screen and you're like i just wish it was any two other drivers having a collision Mm. you know um the other aston martin or the other Haas, just anyone else exactly so that was a real shame but i'm glad that they're both okay i hope that they are both okay with each other i hope that they've had 
like a couple's counseling session. I was, I was or, just thinking like a deep and meaningful yeah, conversation. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. sat on the pit wall and just had a chat, you know. Yeah. Played some um, futsal and... Yeah, exactly. Maybe, <laughs> can you imagine, you know, when um, you fight with one of your friends and you're a kid and it's like, just punch me. It's fine. Like, yeah, like how you bit me on the back. Okay. <laughs> we didn't have to get into that yeah. today. Well, you opened yourself up to it, so. No, I mean, like, when, like, as an apology, it's like, mm-hmm. so you forgive me, punch me. Uh, no. Do you, you didn't do that? No. I just, just apologize to people. Oh. That was like, no one actually did it. Or we just sweep it under the rug and never talk about it again and let it fester. Nice. We'll, strategy. Well, let me just write that one down. Yeah. We'll talk about it after yeah. airing. Yeah. Um, I just imagine Mick going like, I'm sorry, just punch me in the arm. I can take it. <laughs> I see that. Yeah. yeah. I can take it. Yeah. Well, I've got a few questions for you. Oh, okay. Hit me with the questions. Number one, what was your favorite celebrity appearance over the weekend? I still think it's got to be DJ Khaled. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> and I promise you... That I'm going to rote learn his little monologue and I will perform it at the next episode recording. I promise I will do that. One more thing. Another, Another one. one. <laughs> and what was your favorite screen grab of the weekend? Hmm. Mine is James Corden with Lando and Daniel behind them in crop tops. That is a very good one. For me, it'd be a toss-up, I think, between because I still think that the sky sports guy lying on the fake marina was a really good one. Mm. That was very early on though, you know, that was yeah. like before the weekend even. I feel like a screen grab. Oh, actually, Carlos Sainz doing like a weird salute as he walked out <laughs> yeah. with his NFL helmet on was iconic. <laughs> so that that gets an honorable mention. I think for me it would be the golf buggy flanked by a police escort going through an indoors corridor with a woman running in wedges next yes. to it. <laughs> yes. Yep. No, no. You know what? It's Martin Brundle and the height difference. <laughs> and someone on Twitter, I feel like I should figure out who the owner is of this lovely tweet. The tweetster. Um, they Twitterer. have captioned it, Martin Brundle in the multiverse of madness. <laughs> and then it's Martin Brundle and all of his guests in Martin's gridwalk. Excellent. Um, can they be called Marty's random person if they're like literally some of the most famous people on the planet? Yeah, he could, he could go up to President Obama. <laughs> Who are you? Why are you why here? Are you here? He could have Michael Schumacher <laughs> in front of him. Who are you? And how would you describe the weekend in a classic turn of phrase? Now this is, may I just say yeah. that this is specifically for this weekend does okay. not reflect my views my allegiances the views expressed like on this podcast <laughs> are not that of your employer <laughs> any relation to persons living or dead is purely coincidental um and it is a red bull in the hand is worth two ferraris in the bush <laughs> <laughs>